text number, hold on. Eighteen fifty seven. In all activities depend upon me, work always under my protection. In such devotional service, be fully conscious of me. So Prabhupada's purport, this 1857, for those who want to follow along. When one acts in Krishna consciousness, he does not act as the master of the world, but just like a servant, one should act fully under the direction of the Supreme Lord. Servant has no individual independence. He acts only on the order of the master. Servant acting on behalf of the Supreme Master is unaffected by profit and loss. He simply discharges his duty faithfully in terms of the order of the Lord. Now one may argue that Arjuna was acting under the personal direction of Krishna, but when Krishna is not present, how should one act? One acts according to the direction of Krishna in this book, as well as under the guidance of the representative of Krishna, then the result will be the same. The Sanskrit word matmarha is very important in this verse. It indicates that one has no goal in life, save and accept acting in Krishna consciousness just to satisfy Krishna. And while working that way, one should think of Krishna only. I've been appointed to discharge this particular duty by Krishna. While acting in such a way, one naturally has to think of Krishna. This is perfect Krishna consciousness. One should, however, note that after doing something whimsically, you should not offer the result of the Supreme Law. That sort of duty is not in the devotional service of Krishna consciousness. One should act according to the order of Krishna. This is a very important point. That order of Krishna comes through the succession from the bona fide spiritual master. Therefore, the spiritual master's order should be taken as the prime duty of life. One gets a bona fide spiritual master and acts according to his direction. One's perfection of life in Krishna consciousness is guaranteed. So the verse again is Chaitasa Sarva Karmani Maya Sanyasya Matraha Yogamu Pashitya Mashitya Sadatambaya Bhava. And all activities depend upon me. The work goes always under my protection. In such devotional service, be fully conscious of me. In this verse, as in most verses, we have three different levels of consciousness. Our philosophy is generally divided up into Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. Sambandha is the background information we need for our consciousness and for our understanding of what to do. And Abhideya means what are the practical activities in order to achieve the goal. 
And our goal is, as explains here, is to always remember Krishna and never to forget him. Now, in one sense, everything is quite simple. In another sense, things are quite complicated because they appear to be very simple and they are very simple, but because we're very complicated, therefore things that are complicated, simple, we have to go into detail so they become simple. So one idea here is that everything belongs to Krishna. Now, we may accept that blindly on faith and not take it very seriously, or we may accept it after deliberation. For instance, when we hear Bhagavad Gita, Krishna declares everything comes from him. So everything comes from him means everything we see comes from him. And one of the things that we can understand whether things come from Krishna or not is that Krishna speaks Bhagavad Gita. In other words, if everything comes from Krishna, then Krishna is full of all six opulences, namely all beauty, all strength, all knowledge, all fame, all wealth, and all renunciation. Now out of these six opulences, the one that we can perceive most directly is knowledge. And the knowledge is there in Bhagavad Gita. So we have to examine Bhagavad Gita and see whether this book or this knowledge is actually coming from God. Krishna's first instruction in Bhagavad Gita is that we're not this body. Now, to some extent or another, we may have realized that or understand that we're not this body, and we may not know or we may not be 100% convinced, or we may not be 100% realize the fact that we're not this body. But as Krishna says at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, that one who studies the Bhagavad Gita, they worship me by, his intel by their intelligence. We're trying to develop our spiritual intelligence, and that's by reading Bhagavad Gita, for instance. Where Krishna says that the body is changing, and that we all have sufficient experience that our bodies are always changing. And that we ourselves, the perceiver of these different experiences that we're having in our different bodies, we're always the same person who's aware or perceiving. We may be more aware and less aware. We may be experiencing something pleasant or something unpleasant, but still we're, we're always the one who's perceiving. Now, the fact that the, we're not aware of ourselves indicates that there is some energy which is above us, namely illusion. Because if there was no illusion... Hare Krishna. Okay. Anyhow. So if there is no illusion, then we'd realize that we're not this, who we are. We at least we realize we're not this body. So there's another energy that we're all aware of called illusion. Sometimes we're more in illusion and sometimes we're less in illusion. So we're not controllers of illusion. Just like we're not controllers of time. Now time is changing everything as we 
have, including our own bodies that we're aware of. And it's changing it, not according to our own desire or our own will, it's changing it completely beyond our desire and will. Therefore, time is also an energy which is controlling everything in the universe because everything is being controlled by time, but there's nothing in the universe that is affecting time. In other words, time never grows old and disappears. It's always there, in spite of the fact that everything else appears and disappears. So we can conclude that we have at least two energies within our experience that are eternal, namely our cells and time. But we're all, and that this body that we're in has put us into somehow or another, we're in the illusion that we're under the, well, we're an illusion that we're identifying ourselves with these gross and subtle bodies. And there's another energy which is superior to us called time, which is changing everything. Now, with a little examination, we can understand that time is changing everything and is not under the control of the material nature, but time is changing everything with intelligence. That, the, the, for instance, the sun is rising in the morning at a certain time, and the sun is setting at a certain time. Now our little watches, they measure the movements of the sun. No one will suppose that the watch was created out of nothing or by accident. Everyone knows that the watch, because it's a intelligently built instrument measuring time had to be created by intelligent people. So when we see the biggest time clock, namely the universe with the sun arising at a certain time and then setting at a certain time, we can understand that there's a supreme intelligence in control of a very vast energy called the sun. Therefore, with a little endeavor, use of our intelligence, we can, can conclude that I, everyone is eternal. Time is also eternal. The material nature is eternal, but always changing. And we ourselves are under the control of time and we're under the control of the material energy. Now, someone who's under control of something, if someone is controlling something, then we, that's how we consider that they're, they're proprietor. If I claim, for instance, I'm, uh, I'm in control of the city bank, which is in America, that I'm actually the owner of everything in the city bank. Now, if I go there and ask them to give me all their money that they have in the bank, either they'll call the police or they'll laugh at me. Because actually speaking, I don't control any of the money in the city bank nor will they give me any of the money simply because I claim that I'm the controller. But there are people controlling the money and we consider themselves, them the actual proprietor. And since Krishna is controlling the, the time is controlling everything, since illusion is controlling us, 
Therefore, it's and because we understand that these things are being directed with intelligence, we can conclu conclude that actually the proprietor of everything is not us, and that it is our duty to find out how to utilize this energy, according to Krishna, so that we're not under the control of, time, of illusion anymore. Because our main illusion is that we're identifying ourselves as the proprietors and the controllers of so many things in this material world, beginning with our gross and subtle material bodies. Therefore, if we want to find out what Krishna wants us to do, we have to inquire from Krishna, what do you want me to do with your body, with your mind, with your words, with whatever I have? As Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings in his prayer, Manasadeho Geho Yo Kichumara Archulatuya Pade Nandi Kishora. That my mind, my body, my wealth, my family, whatever I have, actually belongs to you. Now, Krishna is in our heart and he's giving us remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness all the time. But we may not clearly understand what Krishna wants us to do because also Maya is in our heart. Illusion also is in our heart telling us to do so many things. And many times we do what we want to do, what we feel like doing, rather than what Krishna wants us to do. In other words, Krishna has a definite plan for this universe. And since we're part of the universe, we're, so, we're supposed to fit into his plan. Now his plan, he says in Bhagavad Gita, is to bring everyone back to the spiritual world. That's the only reason why he comes here. He's not on vacation when he comes here, trying to sightsee and spend a few weeks in Hawaii, and maybe go to the Croatian coast or something, no. He comes here for one thing. Well, he, he says he comes here for three things. Paritranaya sarunam vinashaya tradispitam Dharma samstapinarataya sambhavam yuge yuge. Krishna's purpose in coming here is to establish religious principles, to protect the devotees, and to annihilate the non devotees, the demons. Now, if we want to do what Krishna wants us to do, we have to fit into one of those three things either establish religious principles, defeat the atheists, or help the, serve the devotees. There's no other thing to do, which is actually part of Krishna's agenda. Krishna didn't come here to play any particular sport. He didn't come here so that we can become experts in anything like going to the movies or playing some particular game or whatever. Krishna's purpose is, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to give people information about Krishna consciousness, what it is, and how to practice it, and what the results should be. So the Guru Sadhana Shastra, that's what they're supposed to be helping us understand, who we are, what we're supposed to do, and what we can expect as a result. Now, of course, there are certain things which are quite obvious. For instance, if we're fortunate enough to have a daily program we don't have to, or a daily sadhana, 
we don't have to question whether Krishna wants me to light this incense and put it before my deity, or if I should chant Hare Krishna or not, or if I hear Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita, or if I should serve the devotees, or if I should try to make the atmosphere that I'm living in spiritual. These are obvious things that Krishna says through Sri Rupa Goswami. This is what he wants us to do. Now, there are other things. We have discretionary time sometimes, and we're not sure what we want to do. Uh, therefore, we have to consider carefully what would be the best use of my time in Krishna's service. Then if we are sincere and we come to a conclusion, then we could do that activity. Because there may be other things that we may want to do also. It's not that we should neglect them. Like we don't neglect our health. We don't neglect different aspects of activities that might assist our devotional service. But we should be thoughtful enough to write these things down and then order them as priorities and see how to utilize our time most effectively to help us become Krishna conscious and to help others become Krishna conscious too. So it takes some organization and intelligence to decide what is the best thing I can do for Krishna's service under the guidance of Guru Sadhana Shastra. But ultimately, we have to not only do these things just because we're supposed to do them, our attitude of service is essential. That we should do things at least obediently. Even if we have no feeling, even if we have no willingness to do something, even if we're enthusiastic to do something else, still, if it's clear this is what Krishna wants me to do, then I should do things in such a, do things that Krishna wants me to do. At least I should be obedient. And Krishna will recognize that. But better than obedient would be to be a little bit enthusiastic. It doesn't cost any more to be enthusiastic. You won't get penalized for being too enthusiastic, being enthusiastic in doing what Krishna wants us to do. Similarly, better than enthusiasm would be affectionately, actually considering Krishna's happiness. This is really in Krishna's heart. Just like Krishna really wants his other children to go back to the spiritual kingdom. And if we assist them in such activities, then Krishna is very happy. We should be aware of the fact that Krishna is happy when we do those things. And ultimately that will turn into prema or love. From obedience to enthusiasm to affection to love are gradual intensities of the similar emotions. Now everything depends upon sincerity and actually putting into practice what we understand theoretically. As much as we've understood things, then we can put them into practice. And as much as we practice, then Krishna will reciprocate with us according to our actual sincerity. But Krishna is also seeing our sincerity as our practice. I can't be just theoretically sincere and expect Krishna to be reciprocating. I have to know what Krishna wants me to do. And I have to do that sincerely to please him. And then the result is that Krishna will reciprocate with us.
Now, if we don't go through that process and we just do what we feel like it without considering our relationship to Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra and to Krishna and not considering really what's Krishna's intention for us, for us to, how to utilize his energies and we're not really that, therefore doing things to please Krishna, then the result is really not in devotional service. And although we may imagine, or even others may imagine, that we're performing devotional service, we won't become conscious of Krishna. Which, as it says here, if we follow the process of accepting ourselves as Krishna's servant, accepting the energies that we presently have influence over, and utilizing them according to Guru, Sadhana, and Shastra, and getting confirmation and inspiration from the Lord in the heart, and then doing that confirmed activity, and you know, thinking, meditating, how this is what Krishna wants me to do, and how I'm doing it to please him. Then the result should be that we naturally remember Krishna. And if we naturally remember Krishna, that's perfect Krishna consciousness. That's the ultimate result of our devotional service, is to become absorbed in remembering Krishna with love and devotion. And if we don't go through that process, we don't meditate on how everything is Krishna's energy, and we don't follow Guru, Sadhana, and Shastra, we don't meditate and discriminate and contemplate and pray to understand as deeply as possible how Krishna wants us to utilize his energies, then the result is that the mood of service can't possibly be there. And if the mood of devotional service is there, then we should try to intensify it from obedience to enthusiasm to affection, and ultimately that will manifest itself as real love. So we should understand the mission of Krishna, the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the mission of our acharyas. We should see how is this body, everything I have belongs to them, and how to utilize these things in his mission, and then to the best of our ability, try to understand these things clearly in our own practical lives, and then do what Krishna wants us to do with love and enthusiasm. And then the result is that naturally or spontaneously, we'll get Krishna's association and develop our Krishna consciousness, which will ultimately result in our perfection of life. So I'll stop there and ask if there's any questions. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, can I ask a question? Yes. Uh, I have two questions, one short and one maybe one. One question, some uh, devotees uh, I hear in different uh, preachers is that uh, your Diksha Guru, Diksha Guru go to spiritual world if his all disciples go to spiritual world. If disciples don't go to spiritual world, uh, Diksha Guru born in material world, uh, life by life. Uh, is it true? Or what Shastra said about this? Well, that would be pretty horrifying, wouldn't it? Uh, Just imagine, say, we have Shulabhati Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada. He won't go to the spiritual world until all his disciples go to the spiritual world. But if one of his disciples becomes a spiritual master, or many of them do, 
then they won't go to the spiritual world until all their disciples go to the spiritual world. And if one of the disciples becomes a spiritual master, then they won't go to the spiritual world until all their disciples go to the spiritual world. And therefore, Prabhupada won't go to the spiritual world until all his disciples go to the spiritual world. And then you have probably millions and billions of disciples, and no one's going to the spiritual world. This is all the way till everyone goes to the spiritual world. That's obviously, it can't work like that. Okay, does anyone else have another question? A second, a second question. Can she leave? Oh, there you go. <laughs> can, can I second question? Okay. Um, yeah, just to, to fill in that, I don't think it goes on like that. Sometimes Prabhupada said, said things to encourage us to become serious, but it would be pretty impractical to have an arrangement to have to wait to all this, you know, your disciples and all everyone else's disciples, the disciples' disciples, they all go. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be possible. We have the case of Illamangal Thakur, who was a devotee previously, but then he fell down, and his spiritual master appeared to him through Chintamani, the, his girlfriend, and delivered him by telling him, giving him instructions. So his spiritual master apparently didn't come back, but gave instructions through someone else that helped deliver his disciple. We could also understand that whether, whatever happens, whatever our, our disciples do, shiksha or diksha, doesn't really impact whether or not we become Krishna conscious or not. Everyone is independent, everyone can become Krishna conscious, doesn't depend upon anyone else's activities. And if one becomes fully Krishna conscious, that's as good as being in the spiritual world. One will not, and, and the says that there are six characteristics of pure devotional service. Um, the characteristic of devotional service in Premier Bhakti, there is uh, one stage where the happiness, the, the transcendental pleasure is so great that one cannot even perceive that there's such a thing as a material world anymore. And uh, Ananda, Ananda, something Vishak Atma, that the transcendental pleasure is so dense that one is not even aware of the material world anymore. So even in that sense, one can be in the spiritual world, even while being in this material body. Doesn't depend upon one's disciples what they're doing. Thank you. Okay, what's the other question? And uh, second question, <clears throat> when uh, devotees uh, start spiritual practice, uh, they have period Utsahamaya. And uh, after one, three or five years, uh, the devotees uh, have goal, Krishna Prema, many enthusiasm. And when he try different service, uh, read all Shilaprupad books, and um, uh, do everything in his con, he don't have another goals and have depression. 
because uh, don't have uh, small goals in uh, spiritual life that step by step uh, have spiritual progress. How uh, to devo uh, devotees uh, need to uh, create uh, small goals in spiritual life that uh, go to Krishna is uh, with enthusiasm for during all life. Well, therefore, Prabhupada has written his books. So we can assess what our set, st present state of consciousness and what the next stage is. There are so many things that we have to know in order to be able to define clearly as possible what our st present state of consciousness is. But in the beginning, for instance, is Anukulayana Krishna Anukulayasya Sankalpe Prati Kulayasya Vardhana. So Anakulyasya Sankalpe, the first thing is to accept everything favorable for devotional service. And the most favorable things are, as Prabhupada has given us our morning program. For instance, getting up early in the morning, chanting Hare Krishna, worshiping the deities, studying Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, making the atmosphere spiritual, and serving the devotees. So everyone should have that as their goal to establish that within their house or assist more regularly at the temple. Because this is a very direct way of approaching Krishna and serving him. Now one tries to get some lofty goal like Krishna Prema. Uh, this is just beyond our conception, beyond our ability to even perceive what the goal is. We should have something which is perceivable as our immediate goal. We may have something in the long term, which is theoretical, but we should have some measurable, something measurable in our immediate, as our immediate goal. Something that we can see if we're actually achieving or not. Otherwise, it's meaningless. To talk about Krishna Prema, when we don't even know who Krishna is, but to speak of Prema is, is not very valuable compared to the fact that how much am I associating with Krishna? How much am I learning about Krishna? How much am I serving Krishna in a practical way in my own personal life? So, Anakulyasya Sankalpe, we should try to increase that. And then, Pratikulyasya Varjana. Then we should try to give up the things which are drawing our minds away from Krishna. Excessively studying the news, becoming an expert at coronavirus and not knowing anything about Krishna knowing every statistic, what's going on in the world, but not knowing what's going on in my own life and Krishna consciousness. Or looking at everyone's picture on Facebook and never seeing the picture of the deities. You know, these things we have to give up. Otherwise, we're just wasting our time. Then other stages of advancement can be there also. Which, uh, uh, then have some faith that Krishna will actually maintain and protect me. Not that I'm worried all the time, who's going to love me when I get old and ugly? Who's going to take care of me? Maybe I should make all these arrangements now. We have to have some faith that if I utilize my intelligence and I may try to make basic arrangements now, 
that I shouldn't worry about so many things about the future because we don't even know if we have any future in this body. But we do know that we should try to concentrate our minds upon Krishna now and not, as Bhaktivinoda Kaur said, forget about the past that sleeps, nor in the future dream that live in times that are the now in progress, we will call. So try to live in the present, try to take shelter of Krishna in Krishna consciousness and not worry so much about what the future is and be lamenting about the past. Then, Vishvaso, Atmakshepa Sankalpe, then other things will also go on for progress, such as we'll feel more and more, we'll have more and more agreement with Krishna's mission, we'll feel that this is also part of my mission, and that we'll realize how wonderful Krishna and his devotees are, and we'll, we'll actually develop real humility rather than just theoretical humility. So everything is there in Prabhupada's books, and if we study Prabhupada's books and to the best of our ability, see how to practically apply it within our lives, then we can decide, you know, what, where I'm at now, what is my present position, and what I have to do to make even a little bit of improvement. And we, every day we try to make a little improvement, then it'll become a habit, and a habit will develop into a character and a character will develop into a, a personality. Anything else? Yes, Vivatatva. You have to turn off your microphone. You have to turn on your microphone. Vivatatva, your microphone's not on. Oh, oh yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, it's on a humble basis, my right? Uh, just, just one question I, I want to have an answer. When Krishna knows everything, so how important is it to uh, still we pray to him? When he already knows what we need. Right well, he knows that we should be praying to him. Everyone is praying to Krishna. Krishna already knows that. One cannot help but to pray to Krishna because Krishna is the super soul in the heart and our pray prayers are our desires. All our desires are prayers and Krishna is answering our prayers. Now we should pray to Krishna according to the, we should desire according to how the previous acharyas have given us instructions to desire. Otherwise, we may be desiring in the wrong way, according to Maya, according to our conditioned nature. So unless we consciously, consciously choose to pray to Krishna, according to the, the instructions and the desires of the previous acharyas, then we'll probably wind up desiring in terms of Maya and praying for Maya. So we have to be, con you know, Krishna may know past, present, future, but it's our decision whether or not we want to be in Krishna consciousness or under the influence of the illusory energy. To be Krishna conscious requires some thoughtfulness. Otherwise, we'll just follow the ways of the modes of nature that we're conditioned by. But still, we, we should utter our prayers. Well, Even if prayers means prayers given to us by our previous acharyas. We should always be praying to Krishna. 
not just sometimes. Just like the Hare Krishna mantra is a prayer. Basically the prayer is, oh, the energy of the Lord, oh, the Supreme Lord, kindly engage me in loving service. So that has to be a 24-hour prayer. Or else we'll, as soon as we stop praying like that, then we're in Maya. Uh, and there's this verse that Krishna doesn't want us to do it unconsciously. He wants us to do it in his Krishna consciousness. He wants us to pray consciously. And it's that deepening of our prayer, the developing of a desire to obtain him, which is actually the basis of our spiritual advancement. Krishna will reciprocate with us according to our actual desire to obtain to him, not theoretically, but practically. Hmm. So our activities, our thoughts, our feelings, our perceptions, our convictions, these are all part of our prayers to Krishna. But as it says in Bhagavad Gita, tat buddhiyas, tat atmanas, tat nishtas, tat parayanaha, kachatnipana avritim, jnana kamashaha. On one's faith, on one's mind, on one's refuge, one's intelligence are all fixed in the Lord, and one becomes fully cleansed of misgivings through complete knowledge, and thus proceeds straight on the path to self-realization. Hmm. So it's not just an occasional prayer. No, that's all right. That's why we have sadhana. That's our occasional prayer. But we should try to develop praying to Krishna even outside of our sadhana. We're not restricted just to sadhana. And that prayer means to utilize our body, mind, intelligence, words, refuge, everything in Krishna. Then our prayers will become complete. Anything else? Yes. Uh, dear Maharaj, uh, can we hear? Yes, I can hear. Yes, okay. Uh, uh, Maharaj, you explain uh, several activities of sadhana, and uh, as l- uh, last, uh, you mentioned serving of devotees. Uh, some devotees uh, declare that they do regularly their uh, sadhana, but actually not practically serving uh, devotees. Uh, what is their position? Is it possible to have regular sadhana and not uh, serve devotees practically? Yeah, well, anyhow, sadhana, <coughs> generally speaking, sadhana is service to the devotees. I'm chanting, you're hearing, you're chanting, I'm hearing, that's also service. On the other hand, it's, our mentality makes a difference between what level or grade or quality of our service. If I'm singing so that others appreciate what a wonderful voice I have, that's not the same thing as singing sincerely to please Krishna and his devotees, praying for actual love and devotion. If you're listening to me and and evaluating my singing on the basis of the quality of my voice and not really trying to understand the quality of my devotion or even listening to the, trying to experience the presence of Radha and Krishna in those words, then the result is it's maybe some kind of devotional service, but it's not on a very advanced level. 
On the other hand, if I'm actually sincerely calling out to Shimadurarani and Krishna to engage me in my loving in their loving service, that also includes giving the other devotees the opportunity to experience the presence of Radha and Krishna. Because when Krishna reveals himself to me through that my sincere service, then Krishna others will get a chance to experience the atmosphere of Krishna consciousness also. Is that all right? Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, additional question. Uh, but sometimes is uh, uh, devotional service uh, can uh, be motivated and it's difficult to recognize uh, is there a devotee has uh, some uh, intention like uh, from his uh, false ego for, for uh, uh, false uh, pride and uh, to appreciate of rest of society if they uh, explain yourself as a great uh, devotee, great sadaka. How we can uh, practically recognize that uh, their devotional service is true, uh, not false? Well, if you're in love with, if you, if you chant Hare Krishna, and Krishna appears before you with his eternal associates, including Shimadurarani, then you may consider yourself to may, be making a little advancement. Yeah. But if we're chanting Hare Krishna, we can hardly remember what Krishna looks like. Then we're still on the stage of an art and a vritti. And it would be foolish to consider ourselves to be highly advanced devotees, no matter what others think about us. Prabhupada gives the example in the absence of a big tree that a little bush appears to be very big. So to compare to others may compare ourselves to them and think we're very advanced, but to compare it to an actually advanced devotee, we might be quite insignificant. Therefore, humility is always the basis of any kind of spiritual advancement. We should, we should always, and even if we become, when we become advanced, We'll understand it's only by the mercy of Guru and Krishna and the devotees that we become advanced. By our own power, we can't go anywhere. It's only by the blessings of Guru and Krishna and, his, and the other devotees that we can make any advancement whatsoever. Okay, anything else? Hey, Maharaj. Yes. Uh, lately, you're not answering letters, so. I don't know what to think. Like, uh... well, I, don't, I I do answer your letters sometimes. I don't know if they you receive them or not. I just sent two letters to one committee. They didn't get anything. I, I think Pam Ho doesn't work so well. At least they're not sending out my letters many times. But if you ask an intelligent question, you'll probably get an you know an answer. I don't have so much questions. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yes, Guru, Guru, uh, Guru Maharaj, about. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, so, okay. Uh, okay. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Thank you for the class. Madhuri Devi Dasi asked me to read her question for her. Okay. So, the question is. In this Kali, in this yuga, how we can remember Krishna all the time 
when we have a brain which we can not control in any in any way well i think we can control it in some way otherwise you wouldn't be is she on the class right now oh uh, yes well she controlled it that much so we can we have to make little steps to go from zero to a hundred billion is not practical. We have to go from zero to one to two to three. Therefore, as I said, we should have a regular sadhana. And while we have in the sadhana, we should try to practice listening and understanding and remembering. Then if we do that, then we'll make a little advancement at a time. And then during the day, if we're fortunate enough, we can try to turn to Krishna and ask his, for his assistance in our service during the day. We can't expect to become great devotees overnight. We can only expect to make little advancement at a time every day. And then Krishna will assist us. Uh, Krishna consciousness is a gradual process, but we shouldn't make it so gradual that it never happens. So we have to understand what practically we can do every day to make a little bit of advancement. And then Krishna will help us make a little advancement every day. And after some time, that will turn out to be something significant. Patience. Utsahanischad Daryat. Daryat. We have to. Utsahanischad Daryat. So Daryat means patient. For eternal, we should be impatient. We have eternity to become Christian, eternity to become Krishna conscious. So we should use that eternity properly and make gradual advancement. And as we see the gradual advancement, we'll become confident. And then in that confidence, we can develop enthusiasm in whatever we're doing for Krishna. Anything else? Agnihotra? Uh, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Uh, short question about your uh, schedule. You uh, stay at Ljubljana and uh, go only to Croatia to Radhayatra and back home or start travel? Oh, I have no intention to travel. <laughs> I think anywhere you go nowadays, at least from, from the point of view where I'm at, that traveling is not really uh, very easy anymore, at least for now. Everything is under, most of the places, and even in Europe, are under restriction. What to speak of trying to go to a place like America? I don't think I don't even think Europeans can very easily go to Russia at all. But to speak of Russians coming to Europe, is that possible even? Um, a few countries open uh, this, uh, like Sweden, uh, Sweden, 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 and um, Chernogoria, the Balkan, Chernogoria, this is. Yeah, around uh, Balkan, Chernogoria. This is near Ljub uh, Slovenia. Uh, Croatia? One second, I see. It is Montenegro. Montenegro, Montenegro. Yes, Montenegro. Montenegro. Well, I think there, right now, for instance, the border between Ljubljana and Croatia is partly open, but by Monday it'll be completely closed. You can go there, 
but then you had to be in strict quarantine for a couple of weeks. So I don't know. I'm, right now, what I'm mainly work, working on is this purpose-driven yatra here in Slovenia. So I figure if we actually do something practical here, which we seem to be making some advancement, then I'll actually have something significant to offer wherever I go. Because our society needs organization intelligence to prosper. And that requires some actually proper organization, which can bring people from one level of commitment to the next through, especially through proper education and proper arrangements for people's personal advancement and giving people service opportunities. So that's what we're trying to develop here. So although the lockdown has restricted travel, has also given an opportunity, at least to myself, to concentrate on my service here, which will ultimately be my service elsewhere too. Anything else? Okay, nice seeing some of you, at least seeing your names. So Hare Krishna, we look forward to seeing you partly in a couple of weeks from now. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.